if you lose a job today, you go home, and when I ask you to take your phone to make some calls, will you have at least one, two, three, four, five names to call to actually explain that you need a job without being put in a situation where people are actually feeling awkward a little bit or like, oh, so this guy or this girl is only calling me because they need a job. So if you don't have that, I'll question my entire career. Welcome to a new episode of My Generation with Ines. The podcast that challenges different perspectives on different topics and brings one that my generation would love to hear. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm very excited to record this first episode of My Generation with Ines, the podcast that will touch base on the different worries that we have as a generation and topics that we want to talk about ourselves and not on our behalf. Uh, it's a space to disrupt narrative and challenge perspectives as the world is changing drastically, and so we have to. Uh, and we, th- we need to think bigger, uh, more than what the society has designed for us. So to, th- to kick off our podcast, I'm very happy uh, to first start uh, with the topic that is like right now a buzz topic. We can say a lot of my friends are having these worries. Myself as well, I was paranoid in the last period, but now I'm calmer, <laughs> which is job uncertainty and uh, insecurity. And to have this discussion I have with me, uh, my guest, which is also a friend, uh, Dalisha Ba'an, uh, who is a talent acquisition senior based in Canada with an experience of uh, more than 10 years focusing on talent attraction and acquisition, managing recruitment teams on large scale initiatives, and he also worked in various industries supporting organization development. We can definitely also learn more from Dali than just talent acquisition or how to hunt your uh, next job, why because he's also a for me personally an inspiration of consistency as he went through a journey of body transformation in the last years adopting a healthier lifestyle and sharing his uh, learnings with his community on social media and that's how i got to know about it uh, also there's more to learn from him on his achievements ever since uh, his young age uh, that is also what we call my great 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 grandfather somehow <laughs> in the organization as he was a president of isaac in tunisia in 2010. So Dali, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you. Thank you, Ines, for the introduction. Uh, thank you for having me in and um, I'll hope I'll be giving some sort of value today, I think. Yeah. Uh, so Dali, you're in Canada. We were just before starting a recording, we were talking a bit in Tunisian about uh, a bit the pandemic. So tell us, how did you live this uh, Corona times? How was it for you? I mean, it's... Uh... I mean, it's almost the same like where, like what you see somewhere else. Obviously, uh, the city where we are, at least, or where I, where I am, Montreal, mm-hmm. has been facing uh, quite an aggressive uh, part of the coronavirus, at least. Um, this, I've, been, I've been working at home since 11 weeks, so I'm starting my 12th week. Uh, we're not going back to the office anytime soon, at least uh, for my job. Uh, we're going to be uh, looking at this closely and trying to see and understand if it's really safe enough for everyone. But to be also honest about uh, the way we went through this, uh, I obviously found it boring because I, I move a lot. When I say move, it's not just uh, about working out whatsoever. No, it's actually moving, walking, uh, meeting people. Uh, I don't necessarily prefer saying doing um, nothing. I don't engage in much of a intellectual activity, I would say, but I, I prefer I prefer to move. So staying at home, not knowing what to do, especially that everything was shut down, was not necessarily fun. 
but the the good news is I think after after eight weeks I kind of got used to it. Kind of got used to uh, working from home again. I worked from home uh, before when I was in uh, Tunisia, so I I know how it works. Uh, but now I got uh, you know I, I kind of prefer this in a way. Uh, my office is not that far. It's actually 15 minutes, so it's not a, a big struggle in a in a regular day. But I would prefer having both worlds from now on meaning that you know being able to go to the office whenever i feel to yeah or staying at home when i feel to that's awesome because like i was also having the same thought for me like i can see the post tower from where i work from my home as well <laughs> from my window but i like like the fact that for us right now you can go to the office but i like the exactly. fact that you can go to the office whenever i feel like and when i i'm, I'm working from home after I finish, I have feel like more energy to do stuff, you know, like go. You have more time. Yeah. So this is for, let's say, it's already hard times like Corona, the, the pandemic uh, for people who are employed. And today we're talking about like job insecurity and uncertainty. Uh, did you got the, like approached from people who lost their jobs recently? You work as a recruiter in Corona times. So tell yeah. us first, how's it how's it being how's it being like a recruiter in this pandemic? Like what's happening right now? Uh, first, it depends obviously on the industry. You know, you you have industries you have industries where they didn't stop hiring and they would they had actually increased their hiring volume in a way yeah. uh, much more, uh, especially for companies who have major e-commerce platforms i don't want to give names but obviously we know them most of them at least so they would need definitely more more people to process um, uh, products and uh, and their distribution centers uh, you have also some technology companies who have continued continued hiring not necessarily at the same pace um, some you know some some of the industries they just got most of their uh, employees what we see here in north america is not obviously it's not new having layoffs is something regular even during normal times when i say normal everything that is outside of the corona uh, time in, in a way um so what we've seen is, is different you know for my case for example i work in an industry that is not necessarily impacted the way you see for some others so i work on reinsurance especially specifically life reinsurance and what we've had is just a lower volume of commercial activity in a way because we definitely as a company were were attached to different clients and stakeholders so when everyone is not doing 100 percent of what we should be doing obviously we we have less was less work to do but we uh, i'm fortunate at least uh, that you know we don't have any layoff we don't have any reduction in hours or anything that actually impacted our um, our day-to-day -day. what we see in the market uh, you know uh, as recruiters it's a mix of both ends from a from a side you know when you look at the company you work in if you still keep your job as a recruiter there is a high chance that you work less than before because in an uncertain time even if a company is doing well they would not necessarily take the risk of hiring the same number of people that they need so just about measuring the risk because no one knows how this ends and when this ends in a way. And that was at the very beginning, especially. And you have also the other side where you have, you know, you have some hiring to do. You have some jobs open that you need to fill with the team. But at the same time, you actually go back to the market and you see a completely different one. A few weeks before the pandemic, what we used to see is it's a market, uh, I would say, influenced by job seekers or at least you know talents the way they call them today uh, it's because people started to see some 
you know the real value and what they they can bring in a company and they started actually negotiating better you know they started actually speaking to different companies at the same time so they can pick one of them now it's completely the opposite i wouldn't say that everyone is doing that but we started increasingly seeing that some people are just desperate to have a job which is understandable you know when you have when you have a, a financial uh, responsibility towards your family uh, parents kids or whatever or even your your own self you would need money and if you need money then you'll accept a job you'll need a job and you have you have three different groups you have the you have people who are looking for a job no matter what whatever job pays out there even if it's one ten uh, percent of what, what i uh, used to be paid because they, as I said, you know, they just need money, and I think it's 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 a way of looking at things, and we cannot say it's it's good or 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 bad. It's you no know, people need money; they'll just have to do it. And you have then some other people who are actually looking only for jobs in their own fields, so they you know they just focus on that. But at the same time, they started asking for fifteen, twenty, twenty-five percent less than usual, which is a bad thing for the market itself. Because you know when you're paying less, or when you you know when a a higher number of people in the market start asking for less salaries, knowing that we start to seeing, a, you know, an increasing inflation in the market. What happens is you make less money and you'll have to spend much more money. So that's also a, a group, I would say, in the middle and in between. And then you have a, a very small group of people who keep doing whatever they have to do, uh, asking for the same rates. You know, uh, they these people, they know their value and they take the risk of potentially not getting the right job or not getting a job, but that's it. You know, and as I said, I think people usually react to these kind of situations depending on most of the time, from what I see at least, their financial health. Mm. So do they have money or not? And we all know if you live in a, in, in, in a city or at least if you live as part of the economy as we know today, you'll need money. So uh, it's been quite interesting to see more people asking for less money. Uh, but the problem is, uh, it really depends on who you speak to. For example, myself as a recruiter and within the company I work with, it's not like I decide how much I'll be paying for that or not. You know, it's already, there's a program in place that we have policies in place that allow us to determine how much how much we can pay. It's not how much people should be paid, but how much we can pay as a company. Yeah. So we, we've been doing that. We follow that. Even when people ask for less, we tell them, hey, you know, regardless of what you ask for, this is what we offer in a, in a regular uh, state. And that's it. But it's been... I think I think we're, we have entered a, a time where this is going to be, you know, it's going to take us some time to fix this because you've got millions of people out of a job in a, in a month. Yeah. And regarding the last point you mentioned, which makes me like a bit curious, you mm -hmm. say that people are asking for even like 25, 50% less for what they used to get paid because they just need the financial uh, security, let's say. Um, how do you, how do recruiters usually see that? Like, it's, it's like you're diminishing your value, right? You say that there is no right or wrong way of seeing it, but still like, does it depend? Like, it depends. It like less chances in the recruitment, like, because you saw someone that um, diminished his value. I don't know. It really depends. Uh, if we look at this in a, in a regular time, of course, we question certain things. When someone is asking for way less during the regular time, uh, I would be digging a little bit further. I wouldn't speak for, for everyone, of course. I would dig a little bit further to understand what is the issue and why they're asking for less, even though I know how much I would be paying them through the company, of course. Um, right now, we definitely understand it. 
I wouldn't recommend it. I'll, I'll say it again. I wrote it once online on my Facebook, and I'll say it again. Even even though people will say, oh, you know what, I, I'm not here to to take a risk. I don't want to take a risk. I have kids to feed. I, I completely understand, but I don't necessarily recommend people to go way less than what the market should be paying because, you know, as I said, you know, it's it's not just about the money. It's about decreasing the value you have, decreasing the financial value of the money you have as well. As I said, because you know you've got a you've got an increasing inflation in, in the market, and you need to make sure that you know with that money you can do something with it. You know, paying the bills, paying for food, paying for whatsoever. And if you go back, you know, go back one, two, three steps behind, and you know you start asking for 20k less, for example, than uh, what you what you get in a regular time, then you'll have a hard time picking it up again after that. I wouldn't say you will; it's impossible to pick it up. But I'm, what I'm saying is. I think too many people think about this period as just a one-stop shop. It is not one. You know, we're going into a period where this is a couple or three years where the market is not necessarily at its optimal state. And if you decide to take that road for now, I would say you'd be blocked somehow there for quite some time until things pick up again. And and even with that, we don't even know when things pick up again. Economy is economy. Everything is uh, you know, it depends on a lot of factors, uh, be it human ones, social ones, whatsoever. But by the end of the day, we need to make sure that, uh, you know, if you have something to offer as a, as a recruiters within the company we have, we, we keep pushing that. I've been also telling my friends once, I think a month ago or, uh, or six weeks ago, mm-hmm. that at some point I was feeling a little bit too bad because most of the goals I was getting was with people actually being I would say almost depressed or at least seeking help. And it is not our role to do that. When I say it's not our role, I mean, very few recruiters are, a, are equipped with the right social skills or psychological, I would say, skills to deal with that. Uh, I would recommend, I would help, I would advise, but I wouldn't necessarily put myself in a situation where I have to tell someone, this is what you should do. And, uh, you know, when speaking to dozens of people every week and, and a, a in a crisis economy, I would say, uh, you wouldn't necessarily hear positive stories all the time. Most of the time you'll hear, hear negative stories. And because people, you know, they, they prefer to tell you stories and tell you, hey, this is my situation and I need help. I understand that. But it's not, I would say it again, it's not really the, the right approach of knowing what you really want at this point. Mm. You, you kind of like uh, tapped into a bit, uh, maybe sort of like mental health or like how people are dealing with the, job insecurity and losing their jobs is it something that recruiters uh, are talking about or is it like something that you just leave it for the special people again it depends on how a recruiter is qualified or not and i think that there is a myth about what a recruiter does uh, it's it's interesting when we see when we say a doctor we ask what kind of doctor they are I mean, do they actually do heart surgery or do they actually work on the psychological aspect of your health uh, do they actually work on skin issues whatsoever for recruiters is the same so recruiters are very different they do have the same title more or less same like software engineering for example software engineering you have people working with different types of languages meaning that by the end of the day their work is obviously different it's the logic behind it is not different but their day-to-day is different a recruiter could be an administrator someone who's a uh, passing paper every day from you know from candidates to hiring managers to the company to finance to hr you have some others who are focusing primarily on sourcing which is 
the attraction part. I'm trying to bring in candidates who can be interested in my job. Mm -hmm. Some others are really good just at interviewing and they do only that. Some others, they work on marketing campaigns for, uh, for uh, employer marketing. Some others will be working on systems and system optimization uh, primarily for uh, recruitment systems. So first, we, as you know, if, if you're a job seeker, you, you kind of need to ask a little bit sometimes what a recruiter does in that company specifically if you're interested mm -hmm. and that will give you definitely an idea on what is the level of understanding yeah. of these recruiters i mean do they understand what they're doing or not at least specifically that would i be considering their voice myself when i when i'm in a situation where i'll be looking for a job i don't honestly care about that i'll just focus on asking the relevant questions so I ask questions and if I don't find answers, I know that I, ha I don't have to deal with that person anymore because they don't have answers. It is as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So instead of fo now putting my energy and, fo and focus into what others are deciding or saying to me, I'll be focusing on what I have to prepare. And that's what is missing. You know, most of the time, I think even you know, during regular time or during the crisis whatsoever, I think people are relying too much on getting answers from other people. Mm. Be it recruiters, you know, their previous managers, their network, their sisters and friends and brothers. And I find it, I still, I'm radical with it. And I, I always say it, I think this is completely wrong. You know, when you're, when you ask, it's literally asking what I should do with my life. And you shouldn't be asking that. And what I'm saying is, obviously, it's not an easy thing. Obviously, it's something that you should learn in a way, but they don't teach us this at school. Even when you go in developed countries, by the way, yes, they do have workshops or whatever, but in the end it's still, you know, the nature of approaching a job or approaching the job market is still the same. Hey, I need a job. I don't know what to do. It's completely fine, especially for younger people, you know, people who are starting their careers. Yeah. If they are not lost at that point, I think there's something wrong. I always say, you know, there's something wrong. You need to question yourself. It's good. It's a health, healthy questioning. Not too much, but still healthy questioning. But if you don't really know anything and you keep asking everyone what I should do, it's literally giving the keys of your life to someone else. And you shouldn't be because it's not about good or bad, uh, I would say, opinions or ideas or advices. It's mostly about when you ask someone else a question, you literally ex exclude from their thoughts who they are, what kind of background they have, who, what do they believe in, and which is very important. So the type of things that I believe in would actually define the way I look at a job. So if I'm giving you an advice telling you this is what you should do, then I'm literally thinking that you're the same person as me and this is what you should do. I think people, what they are maybe looking for is, uh, and myself, for example, when I reach out to people, is uh, a different perspective, you know, because sometimes yeah. a different perspective helps you challenge your perspective and then you build your own, which is your own, like it's yeah. 100% your own. But yeah. I, think, I think you're kind of underestimating something, which is, with my own experience, I, I've, I've been dealing with thousands of people in the last seven year, years, at least doing recruitment. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually a minority of people who actually know more or less what they want, or even if they are lost in a way, but still ask for perspective. Most of what you find in the market, regardless of their nationalities, backgrounds, age, I think it's, it's almost the same. People who are struggling with the thought process of what I should be doing, and then they just run to find easy answers. I understand it's you know it's a psychological thing by the end, but again, it's you know it's it's a high risk. I cannot be actually convinced that someone should be actually getting all the answers from someone else. You know, it's it's because it's not it's not about the as I said it's not about the good or or, or bad answers. It's about the fact that you guys are different. 
you should be, as you said, you should be getting perspective from someone. It's really very important. And I think this is one of the things that I continue doing and I still do even with my own self, getting perspective about certain issues. So I know how that person or this person have been dealing with, with certain problems that I'm having right now in a way. And I'll be taking those pieces of different puzzles and I put them all together in my own puzzle. So that's what, that's my message. My message is, you know, I get approached by a lot of people, be it my own clients here or friends or connections who are asking for general advice about career or whatever. So yeah. I try most of the time to keep asking questions with them. You know, I'll help them ask the right questions because I think the moment you know, you know what kind of questions you ask, you will be able to find the answers because you will be collecting all the elements in your very close environment in the bigger environment as well and then building the the bigger picture that everyone needs at some point mm -hmm. yeah um very interesting and actually for the people like maybe who lost their job or like they are searched for their job or they're having their contracts for example ending soon uh like some would say that this uh slowing down of corona times and even for example if you lost your job is an opportunity to ask the right questions to ask if you are actually uh, doing whatever you were doing as a job uh as something you really wanted or you just you know like life throws you at without you know questioning that um did you have like uh, certain conversations with such people or like you know or what do you think regarding this thought of slowing down to question your career again your industry first with the, let's start with the you know the, the very basic aspect of this if you don't have the luxury of doing it don't do it I wouldn't recommend someone to do mm -hmm. that if they don't have the luxury. And when I say the luxury, if they are in survival mode, you cannot do that most of the time. I wouldn't say that people don't have the physical or mental, mental capacity, but as human beings, we'll look at the survival road first. You know, do, what do I need right now to actually get there? Because let's face it, if you want to think in a healthier manner about your future, mm -hmm. you will need to be well fed first. You will need to be in a, in a relatively good good state of mind to actually think about your future. And yeah. I don't know, I've never met someone who have been taking the right decisions about their own selves or their career, their job, when they were angry or hungry or stressed or whatever. So first, you know, if you don't have the luxury of, of, of doing that, don't do it, you know, start with something. And it's the same, um, the same thing about investment. You know, too many young people are, trying to get into investment which is becoming easy today with, with digital platforms and i always tell them start with the very first step which is saving some money saving an emergency fund then when you have some extra start playing and start investing so it's a step by step actually to, to start investing you, you start somewhere same with, with jobs if you want to start about thinking about your future you know, put the foundation for uh, for a healthy human being, which is at least, you know, I'm fed, I have a, you know, I have somewhere to sleep, I, I can do this day by day, even with a very minimum, and then you'll start thinking about that. After, if we look at the, the question itself of starting to, uh, to ask questions or starting to think, I think it's pretty much natural. Uh, most people around me have been, at least, they started doing that. They, some of them stopped, some others didn't. So the process of asking questions, I think, started. Did people continue doing that all the way to the end? I'm, I'm not sure. Because the moment we start feeling that, oh, this is, danger. this is dangerous, but not that dangerous. So let me go back to what I used to be doing. Then most probably you'll start 
you'll stop you know asking those questions you'll you'll stop thinking about should i be changing or what mm-hmm. um what what i've been taking from this uh you know from from this period specifically is myself i'm someone who thinks and overthinks sometimes meaning that you know i try to really put pieces together i t- try to plan what i can control what i can't control I'll, I'll put it behind but at the same time i think that the way we look at our careers and everything we face right now ha- is wrong and it's been impacted by what we've been taught in school and what we've been taught in school it's you know even with the or with the generation that is younger than me 10 years at least so i'm 35 and i'll be speaking for people who are even 25 they were fed the same message again the same message which is the idea in general in our minds not necessarily the right one it has been your career is most probably going to be uh, uh, having a linear progression. So it's, it just moves the way it should be without any major issues and that's it, which is completely false. I mean, nothing happens like that. You know, your career most, most probably will have small obstacles and bigger ones. And smaller or big doesn't necessarily mean that you lose your job. You know, you can have a job or have different jobs throughout 30 years without having any layoff or being fired from a place or being asked to leave or whatever, but still have issues. Meaning that you just have a job, but you're not necessarily happy with that job, which is something we know. Or you're not necessarily paid the the way you want it. Or you're not necessarily doing something that ended up being the right investment. You know, I've been speaking to people after having, you know, all these years of studying and did everything and then worked five years in their field. And I'm like, this is not for me. So at the age of 30, we kind of figured it, figure it out. Then maybe it's not the right thing that I wanted to do. Mm. Obviously not for everyone. You know, some other people, they just continue doing whatever they have to do. So I think the way looking at that and thinking that, okay, career happens the way people taught me or school taught me, then I'll be, I won't be having issues, pushed people actually to stop thinking. And this is something we see even with the, with the older generation. So today, if I'm speaking to a candidate that the, you know, someone who's already 15, 20, 25 years of experience, especially that they didn't move from their jobs since quite a long time. And then they had, you know, the, the last years also were not really good. The last maybe couple of years, at least I don't necessarily consider them as good for employment. Uh, but then you have the coronavirus. Some people found themselves without a job and they were just saying, Dali, I forgot how to look for a job. And I think it's real because it's not just, it's not, looking for a job is not a science, but looking for a job in the 90s is different from the 2000, 2010, it's different from 2020. Uh, the reason why it's simple because tools are different, meaning that channels are different and people actually being approached for jobs are different and processes are different. So everything is, uh, has been changing. So if the last time you looked for a job was 1995 and you open your eyes like right now and you think it's all about a resume, it doesn't work. Same for people who have been, uh, let's say, didn't look for a job since 10 years. You know, they've been in the same company being promoted. So I think it's mostly about the way we've been taught. Um, right now, I would, uh, I would definitely recommend people to rethink the way they look at their careers. Myself, I'm a recruiter right now. I didn't start as a recruiter. I've been in the business side of things, counsel, you know, business advisory. And I think that's the most regular path people take when they, when they do a business school. Uh, but then I moved slowly in a way to recruitment. And one of the things I always say lately is, I'm pretty sure that 10 years from now, I'll be doing something completely different. The reason why I'm saying I say 10, because I've been working since 10 years. And I really think, and I'm convinced 100% that I'll be doing something radically different. Yeah. Be it I wanted it or the context of things wanted it for me, I'm pretty sure it's going to be different. So the moment I understand that, I get ready every day. 
Mm-hmm. So right now, what am I saying? I'm saying is simple. I have a job, and if I'm losing this job tomorrow, I don't even care. I'm not rich, but I know how to deal with the changing situation. So what would you do? Ma- <laughs> what I'll be doing, I'll be, be reaching out to, uh, to the right people. Uh, I know, I, I think I know enough people, maybe a bit too much in my field. So I can at least, you know, ask relevant questions and I wouldn't be shy doing it because this is the way you network. You know, I've been asked for help before, you know, I have people. And when I, when I, when it comes to me trying to get some help, I'm pretty sure I'll find some hundred percent, 90%, 50%. I'm not sure, but I'll find some at least. That's the first thing. Second thing is. The moment you understand that when you work for a company, when you work for an organization, you don't have control over almost everything about your career, at least, you know, in terms of decisions, you start, I would say, freaking out a little bit less. Because you understand it's not about you. Because, you know, I can be doing a great job, and today you've seen it in this, in this specific case. Yeah. You are extremely good at what you're doing. You have been successful in your department, your unit, whatever. But then Corona came and your industry has been impacted 100%. What happens? You've been asked to leave. So even if you're really good at your job, because you didn't think about maybe looking around and understanding how the market works and how the economy looks like right now, you let yourself be, say, on the mercy of such situations. Is it easy? Not. But it's basically about mastering the skill of being fine and comfortable with changing times. Mm-hmm. What I always, I, I really think that the 2020, 2030 uh, years are going to be much more extreme compared to the last 10 years. And there won't be necessarily extreme in terms of violence, whatever, because I think that we've seen too much violence in the last 10 years, almost everywhere. I think the next, next 10 years are going to be about really transforming the way of, we do things. Yeah. Will it, are we going to the most sustainable way? I can adopt it sometimes, but it's going to be different it could be more radical it could be more radical right now but i'm i put my money on it and i'm 100 percent sure of it and i even tell it you know i have my sister she has a kid he's eight and i'm telling her listen you don't even have to care about if he's going to have a degree at the university or not i don't i'm completely comfortable with the idea that a kid is going to be taken is not going to be taken that road because i believe that in 10 years, you're going to be in 18, and 15 years, going to be 23. Let's say in 15 years from now, that very specific job market doesn't look like anything from the one we have right now. Yeah, I will ask you, like, uh, I think we'll be uh, at the end about how we see the times after Corona times. <laughs> uh, but I just want to bounce back uh, in, in uh, something you mentioned. You say that when people approach you, um, first, that you don't, like, you don't, uh, you make them ask the right questions so they figure out their own answers. So maybe practically what kind of questions you would ask because someone that is listening to this podcast yeah. will be like in his 20s, okay, what kind of questions I should ask myself? Uh, I think one of the questions that I don't get answers for most of the time is when was the last time you stopped doing whatever you're doing and you started thinking? And we really have this common belief that we think as humans. We don't think. You know, Every single day we just execute on tasks. You know, we've been taught something, it be it a job, be it in a school, being in the street. So you're asked to do something or you're asked to behave in a way. So you just automatically do it. So you know how to cross the street, you know how to get to the metro, you how to get a car, how to go to the bike. When you go to the office, you know who you talk to, how to do X and Y, and that's it. And I think that question strikes usually a lot of confusion because people actually, they think that 
something is happening in their minds which is more or less under their control. It is not because at the moment you didn't really stop, you know, taking a break. And when I say taking a break, it's something very hard. You know, we're in the attention economy in a way and everyone is actually fighting um, uh, to get our attention, but we're not giving attention to ourselves. And uh, I think there is a lot of also misunderstanding about that in a way people think that, you know, it's about, you know, really isolating yourself. No, it's not about isolating yourself because I really believe that when you start thinking, you'll have certain elements from, you know, that you developed yourself or that you thought about yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have also the external factor that you need to bring. And the moment you're in isolation, you cannot actually mix the external factors with the internal ones. So first one is really one more the last time. If they did that, I'll ask them, what did you think about exactly? Anything in specific? Was it just a love relationship you were kind of disappointed about. So that's why you stopped thinking because most of the time it happens, you know, people stop for that. You know, they, they actually give time for that because it's, it is a human. Let's, let's face it. It's quite, quite an interesting emotion. You have that. Uh, they could be thinking about the, you know, the problems they have with their parents. What am I doing here with their friends? So usually, usually they're really about most of the social problems, the connections we have. Yeah. But out of that, we don't necessarily get people thinking, oh, my job is not necessarily what I want to do, or I don't have a job because I've been doing this wrong. And what, what happens, you know, and I'm pretty amazed usually when, when an economy is relatively well, I'm not speaking about that. When the economy is re- doing relatively well, speaking about Quebec, for example, before the crisis, we used to be at 3% on, of unemployment, which is almost nothing. Quality of jobs is something else, yes. But at least, you know, the economy is generating money. People are making money. People are redistributing money. So money is flowing out. Now it's not the case. Obviously, it's not the case anymore. So when, when we get to those kind of questions, you know, people, they don't really know, as I said. They don't really know what they're thinking, what they're doing. Do they like it or not? I've read a tweet a few days ago. Nothing new about it. But again, it confirms the same assumption I have, which is, if we're lying to ourselves about especially our jobs, you will never be happy about. And again, happiness is more or less a relative, I would say, concept. You you never know how to describe it because it really depends on your perception of happiness. But at least that, you know, if you keep lying to yourself about you don't have a job and you don't find a job, this is why you didn't find. If you keep lying about yourself about the quality of your job or, or why you didn't get promoted. It's because most of the time you don't have control over things. And when you don't have control over things, you cannot basically expect the outcome you actually decided to have. You know, it can happen, but by the end, you know, it could be very different from what you expect. And I really like it when people really start asking questions about, you know, they have an offer on table and they need to sign it or they're thinking about signing it. And they start asking questions, for example, about, you know, what is it about this company um, that uh, I, I can like? What is it about this company that people like? Uh, that's why they, they are leaving or not leaving, whatever. And I'm amazed how someone gets all the way to the end to start asking these questions. I don't get that. And myself, you know, if I'm speaking to a company, obviously I don't have all the answers, but the moment I go to the table, I have enough information to build a solid understanding of my perception to that company. So I think people are just letting things out of their control and they expect a different result. Uh, when you're looking for a job, Remembering if you're applying for private companies, most of the time, it's called a private company. They decide who gets in or not. Let's face it. Let's, let's be honest with it. We're not, about, we're not speaking about what kind of policy they have or not. Obviously, you know, if, it, if it's a bad company, if they, have, they do have bad policies, 
if their industry is criminal also, it is what it is. I understand that and myself, I never approach that. But in the same time, let's look at it a little bit differently. If you don't have a job and if you keep applying for jobs and you don't find that job, I rarely see someone asking themselves why. It's always the, the issue coming from somewhere else. I understand most probably there is a problem with the recruiter, with the company, with the business, with the economy right now. Obviously, right now, if you're looking for a job, the chances of getting one is less than a regular time. But again, you rely on others. You don't have control over certain things. And if you keep on waiting every crisis, each crisis to happen so you can rethink about your whole, your whole strategy, I think you're, you're pretty much good to fail for a long time. When I say fail, fail at least it's, I'm not saying that you're starving in the street, no, but you'll be having a very average career for 20, 30 years. And you don't want to have that. And 30 years of your life, having an average life or having an average career or whatever, meaning when I say average, not about the money, it's about if you like it at least a little bit or not. If you don't like it, imagine the amount of let's say, destruction or mental destruction that you will have during 30 years because you just accepted doing things that you don't like. Yeah. It's very funny when you were saying about the, um, like, people, uh, they stop thinking. Like, recently, I watched this documentary that is talking about how your body becomes your mind. Uh, and, like, you have, like, 95% of your unconscious mind and only 5% of your conscious mind. And you need to, like, slow down to get through the analytical mind so you can let's say control your unconscious mind. And like, that's why I like recommendation is for, um, meditation is recommended to like slow down exactly. or, or like to slow down to think. And uh, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. And why, and why people don't do it because it's hard. That's the thing. Again, if something is easy, you will have way too many people doing it. Almost everyone, you know, the moment it becomes hard, very few of us, I don't do meditation myself, but I find other ways of reflecting about what I do. Yeah. I think meditation has been helping a lot of people, but I wouldn't recommend it because again, I would say, as you said right now, what you, what you need is time for yourself to think how you do that. That's your own decision. You know, you, you have different tools, you have different practices or different methodologies, pick the, the one that is right for you. And one of the positive feedbacks I get, you know, one of the few positive feedbacks I get usually about, you know, when I, when I help someone is they actually say that one of the things that helped them a lot is basically taking a break. You know, that break of sometimes a weekend, eh? you know, a weekend, yeah. a week could be maybe a few hours here and there during a month until, until you get set. And because we, have, we, do, we live within too much noise. Uh, and if you have too much noise and then you cannot control what flows in and flows out, then most probably you'll be making wrong decisions. That's why when, you know, when you're not in a normal state of mind, you do the, the, the bad thing. When you're drunk, most probably you'll do the very wrong thing because emotionally speaking, you're not at the right state of mind. When you're on drugs, there is a possibility that you don't make the right decision because that decision is impacted or reinforced by a, a higher level of external push. When, uh, when you're angry at someone and you don't really control your emotions to actually come back to the discussion and you know explain your thoughts most probably you'll say the wrong things same so i'm wondering why we don't apply the same thing for our major decisions because when we say a career be it working for someone or having our own job or being a consultant or freelancer it's our life this is where we make money or this is how we live this is how we we have also uh you know something we do every day and 
we don't think about that, hoping that a job is most most probably about, hey, I don't have a job today. There are job boards out there. Let me apply for X one of them. Yeah, it works, but I can I can bet my money on the fact that if you do that all the time, you end up with an average job all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm really like listening, and then because I realized, for example, personally that I haven't like since. Uh, you know the back exam i have a break <laughs> and the like everything very 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 fast and then like yeah it's one of my decisions i remember once you told me when i like moved to germany you told me like don't be harsh on yourself <laughs> exactly especially at the beginning you don't have to be i would say someone should be a little bit harsh on themselves a bit 10 15 20 years at a bit not not a lot at least a little bit just saying the right things maybe louder so they understand at the beginning, when you're in the early 20s, I think it's fine to be lost. I think it's fine. I mean, some people go crazy about that saying, oh, you don't have to and you really need to know what you should be doing. And guess what? The, that idea came mostly from the generation of our parents, meaning that you need answers right now. That is completely wrong. And I'm kind of starting to think that since too many people are being pressured of get, taking the right decisions at the very beginning, they think after th after three or four or five years of working when they didn't really enjoy what they're doing, or they don't really like their career, they think that they completely fail. Yeah. yeah. And that's when the, the problems start. They start there. So these people don't even have 30. And before the age of 30, they already think that they failed. And that continues probably with them for a very long time. Yeah. But yeah. And like there is this guy that's um, on the internet. I saw like a code like, that you should be from the your twenties to thirties. It's fine to even try and test things because, like, it's not for that. good if you live like eighty years, like seventy years. Like, it's not. I'm all for that. Yeah. I, I'm all for that. I mean, I uh, even in my own generation, I still have those kind of conflicts. When I say conflict, it's not a it's not a bad thing here, but mostly with people at my own age, same generation, telling me, "Oh, you do this and that. That's not right. Don't don't change jobs." I'm like. That is the reality of things, of how I look at it from my end. I, you know, one of the best recommendations I've got when I, at the very early stage of my career was basically in the first five years, try to experiment as much as you want. Yeah. Me, keep, while keeping yourself relatively safe. Safe when I say safe, you know, don't go into, into a mode where you're starving, you don't have money, whatever. But at least, you know, try experimenting different things because how can we make a final decision about what we will be doing for a very long time just by working one or two years because it's a, it looks like a good company here and I'm working with them meaning that I can do this that's it the moment you start actually changing companies even when you have a single you know it's, it's I would say a job that you like just you know being, let's say you, you like you like finance you're, you're starting your career in finance and this is what you want but you don't find necessarily the place where you work to be the right one then I think you should be, should, you should be just changing and the reason is not just related to the fact that you don't like that company, whatever, no. Because you will see in each job family, you will have a completely different uh, perspective about your job. The moment you change, you're like, oh, so I think that I've never done this before where I used to work and this makes sense right now and I think it makes. Then you move somewhere else. That's what I did. Again, I don't recommend it for everyone to do, but I think that gave me a lot of perspective on what I can do first what I like to do second and what I hate doing. Meaning that yes. some, you know, when I go to interviews, I think that some people most probably hate me at the end because I tell them this is what I don't want. And if you guys have this, then fine. 
who won't be agreeing. It is what it is. And I think some, some companies hate it because companies also, they don't want to be questioned about what they're doing. You know, I'm not going to force myself on a company, but I'm just telling them, all right, you know, beyond the, the financial aspect of this, the salary, the benefits, you know, the day-to-day, the team, I need to know if these elements, which are completely in line with my ambitions and interests, are there or not. If they are not, good luck, guys. You can find another one. But since I deal most of the time with people who are running after a job, they need a job, so just throw any job at me and I'll take it because it pays well, then that's what they end up doing. And I'm not even, you know, just to make sure that we don't have a, you know, we don't have an issue with this point. Bad jobs can be very high paying or low paying jobs. They're both, you know, they're everywhere. You know, I can, you can go to any floor of these big consultancies that you know across the world in different European cities, Asians, African, American, whatever, and you'll see the same damage. People getting, staying there because most of the time they are highly paid. And when it pays well, you know, I understand. And when it, when the moment they cannot, the moment comes in when they cannot take it anymore, then they start changing. And then they understand that things can be actually different. You know, when they look at another company doing things in a, in a healthier manner, they can get a higher even salary with the fact that, you know, they have the right condition. So it's all about really determining that. I think it's a scary process in a way because you're kind of telling yourself, oh, if I'm putting too much conditions on this, then most probably no one will take me in. Mm. which is also a risk but part of the plan is also knowing how to measure your risk and how comfortable you are with certain risk if you're not comfortable with the risk again we go back to the same point take any job that comes in awesome so two last things uh to wrap up with is uh, you mentioned also that uh, um if you wake up now in 2020 and think that getting a job is getting a good cv you're wrong Especially yeah. from like youngsters, uh, like I got even like approached for this uh, and I always like, I share my opinion that I think that being, for example, active on LinkedIn, have a good social brand there and like uh, sharing content of your interest might help to get you noticed. But what would be like a professional advice of how to be noticed right now in 2020 uh, beyond the CV? What, what should, the, for example, a graduate do? Um, I think being good at something, one thing, one. Mm-hmm. That, again, that's a recommendation. I don't want people to take it as it is. So what I followed basically at some point is, especially for us, you know, we come from a country where, in Tunisia, where we kind of, we're kind of trained at almost everything. Hey, it, you know, business, yeah, you study finance, commerce, marketing, uh, HR, you put them all together and you're good to go. And at some point, any company will pick you for a specific department, then you continue. That. That's, that's no, that's a, a, a complete no. So, one of the things that if people want to, would like to be, I would say, not successful, but having some sort of, let's say, early access to a better career is to make sure that they develop a certain experience or certain knowledge of a very specific thing in, in a job. And that's what, we, what, what I, that's what I see. You know, what I see in Canada and the U.S., maybe in Europe it's going to be the same. You know, I don't have a, a real understanding about the uh, European market, mm-hmm. but I think that these economies can be successful because they have people who who are really good at at the that's very interesting because it kills some myths that uh young people especially have regarding finding job you know yeah Um, yeah. i came across this post that is uh, saying that uh, it doesn't matter how many jobs you apply to but how you are good and keep in touch with your own network 
Yeah. And you cannot just look for a job. You cannot just keep in touch with your network only when you find a job. One of the things that I really consider extremely negative yeah. uh, to, a, to a toxic extent, I would say, mm-hmm. is people in my network who actually keep in touch with me only for a job search, a very specific job search. So, hey, Dali, I need a job right now. I mean, I don't have jobs in my pocket anyway. You know, I, I, I deal with certain jobs, but I understand your request, but I feel that that's not the way you keep a network. Meaning that if you only come to me, I literally have, I can write a list of people in my own life People who have been talking to me only one time every couple of three years, the moment they lose a job or the moment they need a job, which is, again, I understand it because people come from a, uh, from a frustration standpoint. You know, they, they're frustrated, they have an issue, and they need to reach out to the network. But I still do it. But I'm just telling as a, as a general advice, if you need to keep in touch with a, with a larger network, start building a network of, I wouldn't call them friends, but strong connections. If today you lose a job, here's how to, if you lose a job today, you go home and when I ask you to take your phone to make some calls, will you have at least one, two, three, four, five names to call to actually explain that you need a job without being put in a situation where people are actually feeling awkward a little bit or like, oh, so this guy or this girl is only calling me because they need a job. So if you don't have that, I'll question my entire career. Nice. Very, very last question in one word or in one phrase. Uh, this I will be asking to all my guests. What do you want, what, ch- what perspective do you want to challenge people with? Money. I think, um, I think money has been created once to be uh, you know, a tool for whatever we do every day. And also it's something I would be, if, if, I, if I'm leading a society, I would be questioning money as well. Why do we need money? I'm not saying that we have we need universal basic income, whatever. No, no. The question of money itself as a tool of making people, putting people here and some other one here, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be nice. the very first thing I would be questioning. Interesting. Cool. Uh, thank you, Daddy, very much for all the insights. Uh, recruiter in Corona times, that's something people are like uh, thirsty to listen Definitely. to. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I wish you very... Uh, great weekend it's sunday already Hopefully. it's already done but uh, almost all days look like sundays right now until we're done so uh, we're good we have a day off tomorrow so i'm very lucky <laughs> good good for you good for you thank you thank you ines have a good day thank you for listening thank you for tuning in now go ahead and tell a friend feel free to share and to listen again or send me a message whatever you want just let me know what kind of topics you want me to talk about bye